0: Wakalu and they say al Rahmanu walada." So many people they claim that the most merciful has a child, has a son. You see earlier on in the surah we learned about the story of Zakariya a.s. We learned about the story of Maryam. Right? And Isa a.s. And then this belief of the Christians that Isa a.s. is the son of God that was refuted. And then we saw that having a child is a human weakness. It's a human need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's above that. So وَقَالُوا اتَّخَذَ الرَّحْمَانُ Again, this concept is being refuted. لَقَدْ جِئْتُمْ شَيْئًا إِدَّا لَقَدْ Certainly جِئْتُمْ You have come with. Meaning you have committed. جِئْتُمْ from Ja'a جاء. جَاءً He came. جِئْتُمْ You all came. Meaning you have committed. You have brought. شَيْئًا A thing that idda That is atrocious. That is terrible. You have said something that is absolutely unacceptable. The word id is from the root letters hamza dal dal. And id is used for a calamity. For something that is evil. Addahu amr. Addahu amr. Is when someone is struck by, you know, a calamity. Or when someone is being oppressed. Or when a terrible thing has afflicted him. So id is something that is extremely reprehensible. Extremely disturbing. Like a disaster. لَقَدْ جِئْتُمْ إِدّى You have committed something terrible. And you have said something that is extremely reprehensible. It's as if you have brought a calamity upon yourselves. When the words of shirk are uttered, when partners are associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's as if we are bringing calamity and disaster upon ourselves what is that disaster allah says takadu as-samawat takadu it is near as-samawatu the skies يتفطرنا. they would almost rupture minhu because of it because of what because of what because of what you have said because of your associating partners with allah because of your saying that allah has a child the word yatafattarna is from fatara. Fatara literally means to tear apart. So the skies, imagine, they would rupture, they would tear apart, and some calamity would fall upon you. ardu, and the earth would split open. Tanshakul from shin qaf qaf, Shakka to split open, to break. So the earth would split open. Have you ever seen an earthquake? the aftermath of which I mean, you see like a big crack on the surface of the earth. Just imagine, وَتَنْشَقُّ الْأَرْضُ الْجِبَالُ تَخِرُّ It would fall, Al-jibalu, Mountains had In devastation. Had From the root letters dal dal when something falls down, crashing, collapsing, with a lot of noise, a lot of destruction. So just imagine, so Terrible is the statement. So disastrous is the statement that Allah has a child that the skies they would rupture, the earth would break open, the mountains would collapse. Why? And da'u lil-Rahmani walada. And that meaning because da'u they call meaning they attribute lil-Rahman for the most merciful walada a child. Meaning the skies, the earth, the mountains, they are all appalled by this statement. Even they got so disturbed when they hear such a statement. Even they got so upset. But how merciful is our Lord. How tolerant is our Lord that this lie is said over and over again. And what happens? Allah does not cause the sky to rent asunder. He does not cause the earth to split open. He does not cause mountains to collapse. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Halim, al rahman The one who is very tolerant. And if you notice in this surah, the name al rahman is coming over and over again. That Really, it is only because of Allah's mercy that we're still alive. Only because of His mercy. Because the kind of things we do and the kind of things we say, and the kind of problems we bring to ourselves, it is only because of Allah's mercy that we are safe. And Rahmani Walada and it is not appropriate. It is completely unfitting. It is not possible, it does not befit Lil for the most merciful Ayat walada that he should take a child. It is not possible that Allah would have a child. That Allah would take a child. Why? Why is it not possible? I remember I said this to a Christian person once. And they said, but then how would God understand us? You know, when someone has a child, they increase in their love and their affection. So if God has a child, that means He really loves more. You know, He loves His creation more. And why is it not possible? He can do anything. He can have a child. What would you say? What would you say? Yes. Yes. He doesn't need to have a child in order to understand us. Because He's our creator. And He understands us without being us. Without becoming like us. And if He had to become like us in order to know us better, then how is He different than us? You understand? This is a crooked concept of God then. Anything else? Yes. Exactly. Like, for example, people make so many things. Right? But, you know, just because we've made a laptop doesn't mean we have to become a laptop in order to understand. No. We're intelligent enough to understand something without becoming it. Right? We're able to study people and the different roles that they're performing without adopting those roles. So if this is possible for us, then Subhana, He's exalted. Yeah. Yes. If a person says that God has a child, then that implies many other things. Then that means he should also have a spouse, right? That means, you know, other relationships also. And then that means that child should have more children. And that means that God should lose his, you know, perfection and his sublimity. Go ahead. but then He also came to us in a human form, like then you have to ask what happens to things like hair and nails and things like that because if they disappear, then it's Allah's not everlasting. So it it takes away the meaning. Yeah. I mean, then essentially, He's being resembled with the creation. Right? He's being resembled with the creation. And then... What's the difference between the Creator and the creation? So, Allah says, وَمَا يَنْبَغِي Rahmani أَنْ walada." It is not appropriate for the Most Merciful that He should have a child. Why? The reason that Allah gives us is that in not kullu every man whoever في السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالأرض. That is in the skies and the earth. Meaning there is nothing, there is nobody, that is in the sky or that is in the earth, illa except ati, one that comes, meaning except that it will come, ar-rahman to the most merciful, abdan as a servant. Meaning, he alone is the master and everything else, whether it is in the sky or whether it is in the earth. What is its status? Its status is slave to Allah everything is a servant, is a slave to Allah. He is the master, he is the owner. So to say that he has a child, then you're basically saying that his child, he owns his child. I mean, that doesn't make sense because father, child, they're supposed to be similar. Right? And everything else besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is that? Creation, Abd, a servant. So, إِن كُلُّ مَن فِي السماوات والآقد إِلَّا آتِ الرحمن عَبْدًا Because you see, the parent, whatever child they have, the child is like them. A human being has a human child. An animal has a animal child. Right? So technically God should also have a God child. Right? That child should also be God. But then there's two gods. Right? And then also the problem is that Allah alone is the Malik and everything else is Abd. Everything else is creation. And this ayah, it also teaches us that everything, everyone, whether obedient or disobedient, man, animal, living, non-living thing, ignorant, aware, whatever, everything, what is its status before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Servant. Whether they accept that servitude or they don't accept it. Everything is a servant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He owns everything. Certainly he has enumerated them. Ahsa? Ihsa is to enumerate, to number. Ihsa'iyat is also used for statistics. So he has enumerated them, meaning he knows exactly how many servants he has. Now just imagine in your head, everything in the sky, everything in the earth is a servant to Allah. How many are they? Ahsa'hum. He has enumerated them. Now remember that if everything is numbered, then what does it mean? Nothing escapes his knowledge. Nothing escapes his authority. There is not a bird except that Allah has أحصى. He has enumerated it. He knows about every bird. He knows about every bug. He knows about every human being. And every nail of every human being. And He knows about every grain of sand. لَقَدْ How complete is His knowledge? How perfect is His knowledge? لَقَدْ أَحْصَاهُمْ وَعَدَّهُمْ And He has counted them. عَدَّ A full counting. Meaning, nothing is forgotten by Him. Nothing is left out by Him. Everything is written and it's accounted for. And everything about the creation is also written. Everything about the creation is also numbered. So for example, how many number of breaths are we going to take? How many number of days we are going to live? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about that also. لَقَدْ أَحْصَاهُمْ وَعَدَّهُمْ عَدَّا Look at how short this ayah is. But if you start elaborating it, it's endless. لَقَدْ أَحْصَاهُمْ وَعَدَّهُمْ عَدَّا And all of them, آتِيهِ One who will come to Him. Meaning every creature will come to Allah Al Qiyamah On the Day of Judgment, فَرْدَا Alone, individually accountable, empty-handed. Each person will have to fend for himself on the Day of Judgment. But إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, those people who believe. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they also do righteous deeds. They believe in their hearts. And they also obey Allah on the outward. The faith is in the heart. And on the limbs are righteous deeds, because deeds are what prove your iman, right? So amal salihat. Such people, سيجعلوا, soon He will make lahum for them al-Rahman, the Most Merciful. Al-Rahman will soon make for them wud, love, affection. Wud, ود, wadud. What does it mean? Love. Wadud is one of the names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the One Who Loves those people who believe and do good, Allah is going to appoint love for them. What does it mean by that? It means that He is going to appoint from Himself special love for them. They are going to become beloveds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah loves them and Allah will show His love to them. That time is not far. These people will be protected from the horrors of the Day of Judgment. These people are not alone. And that time is not far when they will feel His love, when they will be His close and beloved ones. Where? In the Akhirah. Because you see, when the believers will enter Jannah, when they will enter Paradise, then they will be told that there is a meeting that you have with your Lord, in which your Lord wishes to reward you. So the people of Jannah will wonder, what more could there be? Allah has already given us so much. He has brightened our faces. He has delighted our hearts. He has forgiven our sins. What more could we want? What more could we have? But they have to go. They are taken to a special place where they have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's podiums of light, members of light, mimba, right? And high stations, and each person will be on a beautiful, unique high station close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah will show his face to them. Allah will show himself to them. Remember Musa, you requested, Ya Allah I want to see you. Allah will show Himself to the people in Jannah. And Allah will ask them, What do you want? Again, the people of Jannah will say, You've given us everything more than we could want. What do you want? Ya Allah, we want your forgiveness. Allah will say, if it was not for my forgiveness, you would never have entered Jannah. It's because I forgave you because of which you entered Jannah. What more do you want? Ask, ask, ask. Ask. Allah will insist that they ask for more. And basically, they won't know what else to ask for. And they will say, Ya Allah, you be happy with us. You be pleased with us. You be satisfied with us. qadradeena fardaanna. Ya Allah, we are happy with you. You also become pleased with us. And Allah will say, I have bestowed my Ridwan upon you. My pleasure upon you. So I shall never become upset with you again. I shall never be angry with you. I shall never be disappointed with you because I have bestowed my Ridwan upon you. rahmanu Allah will appoint for such people, special love from Himself. They will become worthy of Allah's love. They will become His beloved. They will become those who are close to Him, near Him, enjoying those privileges, enjoying that honor. <speaking in Hebrew> and this is such a comforting ayah, such a, you know, satisfying ayah, because So many times, there are people whom we're running after, we're chasing them. So many things we're chasing, so many goals we're trying to pursue. But we don't find any door open. Or we find it open, but then again we're not fully satisfied. We thought getting married would make us happy, but then there's problems. We think having a child would make us happy, but then again there's more, there's more that we want. We think having money would make us happy, but then again it's not fully satisfying. But knowing this, that you have Iman, you do amal-salih, and you will win Allah's love? Allah will love you? These are the most comforting words. This also means, this ayah has another interpretation as well, and that is that Allah will create love for them. Allah will create love for them. Where? In the hearts of people. Because you see the Muslims in Makkah, They were going through a very rough time. Very rough time. There were so many families where the husband had believed, but the wife had not believed. The wife had believed, but the husband had not believed. Can you imagine that rift in the couple? Just imagine. How difficult it must be to survive, to live every day. And friends were turning into enemies. People whom they trusted were turning into hostile enemies. It is said that this ayah was revealed about Abdul Rahman ibn Auf. Abdul Rahman ibn Auf, who was one of the richest men in Mecca. And obviously a rich man means No friends? What does that mean? Many friends. Good friends. Lots of friends. But when he accepted Islam, what happened? His friends left him. And there were times when he felt very lonely, alone. It is said that that is when this ayah was revealed. Don't worry. You're lonely right now. You have no friends right now. Rahman You believe, you do good, Allah will create love for you in the hearts of people. You don't chase people. You only pursue the pleasure of Allah. You run towards Allah and Allah will fulfill every need of yours. We run after people so that they will be our friends. So that they will spend time with us. They will give importance to us. And it's possible that people do that. But how do you know they're genuine in their love? They're sincere in their love. You don't know. But when a person pursues the pleasure of Allah then what happens? He gets friends that love him for the sake of Allah. And friendship and love, which is for the sake of Allah, that is the best friendship and that is the best love that can ever exist between people. And we see this in the Sahaba. That yes, they lost many friends, but they also made many friends. Friends who were so sincere to them. Such friends in Medina who welcomed them in their homes, who shared their property with them, shared their wealth with them, who does that for you? Can you imagine somebody telling you, move into my house? Right? You own half of it, I'll own half of it. If somebody did that to us, we would be like, I love you so much. And why are you doing this for me anyways? What's the catch here? Right? If somebody's doing too many favors to us, we feel insecure. But imagine, the Sahaba, this is how much they loved each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them as bunyan marsus as a strong, solid structure. Because the one who loves Allah, then Allah will send people to protect him. Look at the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa How much the Sahaba loved him. How much? So much so that they were willing to sacrifice their own lives for his safety. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa asked Abu Bakr, to come with him on the journey of Hijrah, what did Abu Bakr do? He wept. He wept because he was so happy. He cried. He put his life in danger. His son's life in danger. His daughter's life in danger. Because his journey was difficult. And his whole family was involved. سَيَجْعَلُ <inaudible> لَهُمُ And if you pay someone to do something like this for you, today, they'll never do it. Even if you give them hundreds and thousands of dollars. But when they love you for the sake of Allah, that is true love. ladina Amanu Wa Salihat al Rahmanu. So don't worry. Bear this time. When you're so lonely, you're alone, you're all by yourself, you feel like you have no friends, even your family has left you, your family has abandoned you. It's just a few years, just some time. Allah will replace those friends with better friends, that family with better family. Didn't that happen with Ibrahim a.s. He lost his father. He lost his entire tribe. But what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him an even better tribe. So anything that you give up for the sake of Allah, Allah will give you better in return. But you have to bear that hardship for His sake. You have to make that sacrifice for His sake. فَإِنَّمَا So indeed not but, We have made it easy. Meaning this Qur'an, بِلِسَانِكْ In your language. Which language is this? The Qur'an. It has been made easy in the Arabic language because this way the Qur'an is clear, it's precise, it's eloquent. لِتُبَشِّرَ بِهِ الْمُتَّقِينَ Why has this Qur'an been sent? So that you give good news to those who have taqwa. وَتُنْذِرَ بِهِ قَوْمَ اللدى. And you warn by this Qur'an of people who are ludd. Ludd. لَامْ دَالْ دَال Plural of the word alad Remember the word aladdul khisam? Someone who is extremely argumentative. Fiercely quarrelsome. Now imagine, the Arabs are being described as قَوْمَ Ludda. You have been sent to warn these argumentative people. The Arabs didn't just argue. They didn't just argue verbally. When they had differences, what did they pick up? Weapons. They fought many wars. They fought against each other. They raided one another. Regularly. This was a norm in that society. Watunzi rabihi Ludda, Just imagine the state of the Arabs, how they were, and how the Prophet ﷺ completely changed them revolutionized that entire place. There's a Scottish philosopher, Thomas Carlyle. And he wrote in one of his books, he dedicated an entire chapter on, I don't remember the name of the exact chapter, but a Prophet as a leader. Basically that's what the chapter spoke about. And in that he described the Prophet wasallam that how the Arabs were before he came and how he completely transformed them in just two decades. Two decades. People who were a warring nation, meaning constantly fighting with each other. Now what happened? They became the most disciplined men in less than two decades. al Ludda. So when you see a lot of wild characteristics in yourself or in a particular individual, then what do they need? The Qur'an. The Qur'an. Because the Qur'an tames us. It trains us the way nothing else does. Believe me. Nothing else can change a person the way the Qur'an and sunnah can change a person. The mushrikeen were people who used to drink regularly, commit zina, many of them, commit zina regularly. Sleep anywhere. Take anybody's money. Make an idol and then eat it up. Literally. Literally. No system, nothing, just following desires. And then what happened? They were transformed. And how many we have destroyed before them of generations? These Qom al Ludda, what do they think? Their time in this world is forever? Think about it. Think about the past. How many nations were destroyed before them? Hal du you perceive has seen seen his sense. Do you sense any of them? هَلْ تُحِسُّ مِنْهُمْ from them من أحد Anyone? Do you sense any of them? Meaning, do you hear them? Do you see them? The people of the past? Do you see them walking? Do you see them driving? Do you see them sailing in their boats? Do you see them anywhere? هَلْ تُحِسُّ مِنْهُمْ من أحد أَوْ تسمعوا? Or do you hear لَهُمْ for them رِكْزَا A sound? رِكْز za. A very low sound that is heard from far. Meaning when you go by their civilizations, when you go by their ruins, do you hear them? Do you hear their noise? A place that was once busy and full of people. Now that same place is lying empty. Do you see those people? Do you hear any sound of them? You go to their homes, you'll find them empty. You go through their streets, you'll find them laying desolate, abandoned, there's no life. It's as if they never existed, completely wiped off from the face of the earth. This ayah is a warning. Our time is limited. We are heard today. We are sensed today. We are felt today. And soon a time will come when we will not be sensed, we will not be heard, we will not be seen. And before that time comes, let's reflect on ourselves and fix ourselves. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayahs.
1: We اتخذ الرحمن ولدا لقد جئتم شيئا إدا تكاد السماوات يتفطرن منه وتنشق الأرض the الجبال هدا أن للرحمن ولدا وما ينبغي للرحمن أي اتخذ ولدا ان كل من في السماوات والارض الا اتي الرحمن عبدا لقد احصاهم وعدهم عددا وكلهم اتي يوم القيامه فردا إِنَّ الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات "'سيجعل لهم الرحمن ردا.' فَإِنَّمَا يسرناه بلسانك لتبشر به المتقين "'وتنذر به قوما لدا.' وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنْ قَرْنٍ هَلْ تُحِسُّ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ أَوْ تسمع لهم ركزا.
0: So with this, alhamdulillah, we reach the end of Surah Maryam. And Surah Maryam, as you know, is a Makki Surah. And in the Surah, we saw typical Makki themes being covered, which are Tawheed, the emphasis in Tawheed, negation of Shirk, And also details of the Akhirah to strengthen our yaqeen, our certainty in that day. Because unless and until a person has firm faith in the hereafter, his actions cannot change. His behavior cannot change. In this surah we also learned many other lessons. One was about the importance of deen. That how it is necessary to not just hold oneself firm upon deen, but also ensure that our families, those closest to us, are also upon the deen. The Prophet ﷺ was commanded in the surah, li-ibadati," Be firm on his worship. And we also saw in the example of Zakaria ﷺ, how he was concerned about the deen of his family. Ismail ﷺ, he commanded his family to pray and to give zakat. And then we also see in the surah, the importance of taqwa, importance of fearing Allah. If you notice from the very beginning of the surah taqiyya, that was mentioned. Muttaqeen, alladheena taqaw, they're mentioned over and over again in the surah. And this teaches us that no matter how much good someone else wants for us, and no matter how good people you know, we are associated to, unless and until we fear Allah ourselves and we change our actions, association with someone is not sufficient to. Save us It's not sufficient to protect us We have to fear Allah Ourselves We have to modify our behavior Because we learned فَخَلَفَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَاعُ الصَّلاةَ. A generation came And this generation was Descendants of the Prophets But what happened? The Prophets They wanted deen for their children But then Gradually what happened? Over the course of time People their priorities changed what is our priority? Do we want deen for our children? Do we want deen for our families? And then just because our mother is religious or our father is religious or our grandfather was a Hafiz, what about me? What about me? Unless and until we take responsibility of ourselves, nothing is changing. And this is something that we're reminded of again and again that each is going to go to Allah. How? Alone. Farda. Farda. We are individually accountable. I am responsible for myself. Remind yourself, I am responsible for myself. I must protect myself. I must look after myself, meaning my deen. And then we see in the surah that certain characteristics are praised repeatedly. Like for example, the qualities of Yahya salam, of Isa alayhi salam, their behavior with their parents, Right? Mubarak also chaste, right? Hanana Milladunna, <laughs> kind and affectionate towards people, and we see that in the manner of Ibrahim Rasalam as well. Now I would like you to say something to the person sitting next to you and share some reflection from the surah with the person sitting next to you. What did you learn from the surah? All right, anybody would like to share? Anybody would like to share? Volunteer victim? Any volunteers? Or do I have to find a victim? Assalamu alaikum. Wa I don't exactly have something to share, but I remember I was just telling my friend over here, I liked listening to Surah Kaf a lot, just to memorize it. And then one, one day accidentally just went on to Surah Mariam. And I just listened to it without knowing. I just knew the general meaning of the words. But I didn't really know the meaning. But it just touched my heart. SubhanAllah. the it surah, it's very powerful. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, if if you listen to it in one sitting, right? From the beginning to the end, it will really hit your heart. Because the ayat are short. They're so powerful. The ending is so strong. And once you go into the depth of the meaning, it's even stronger. There is also tafsir of Surah Maryam by Sheikh Abdul Nasir Jangda. It's on YouTube. I recommend you to listen to it. Just the introduction is over an hour long. All right. And two, three ayat are like an hour long. So the lesson that we covered in one day, that was covered in one week. Okay. Over several hours. So if you really want to benefit more, enjoy and get to learn the surah better, I encourage you to listen to that recording. It's free. Free ilm and it's in a language that alhamdulillah we understand right and mashaallah sheikh abdul Nasir, the way he's delivered it and the way he's so many resources he's used the way he has presented the information it's really worth listening to so inshallah do benefit from that